Hi, welcome to Lead with Love podcast. I'm your host, Christy, and I am super thrilled to be sharing conscious content that I know will be a game changer for you in your life. Every aspect of our journey requires growth for change so that we can evolve into our best selves. And in each one of these episodes, we're going to lead with the intention to water our souls, feed our minds, and inspire ourselves to love more and deeper. It's so important that we begin to love where we've been, love where we are, and love where we are growing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Christy Dryling Lead with Love podcast. I am your host, Christy Dryling, and I am so excited to be sharing another powerful episode with you where we get in, dive in, dig in, and we inspire each other to be the truest that we can be in all walks of our life. And today is no exception to any of the other weeks that we've shared together. I am bringing to you one of the most incredible humans I've ever met, and I've met a lot, lots and lots, but this one is definitely um, very special, and uh, he's done a lot of work. He doesn't just talk the talk, he walks the talk, and that's really important to me when I choose to surround myself with people in my life that um, are just incredible human beings. These are the ones that I look for, the ones that have incredible character values, and you can trust them. And Jerry Rosenthal is a mindset and leadership development coach, certified John Maxwell speaker, trainer with the John Maxwell team. And he is uh, a dear friend of mine. And no matter how many months or maybe a year that we go without getting to connect or see each other, you know it's a real friendship when you come back together and you can just laugh and have fun and tear it up. We were having some technical difficulties before we got on here and we he started laughing. He's like, well, that's what Christy and Jerry do. Something big's about ready to happen. And so we, we are very aware of uh, our power together. So we're excited to have all of you with us today. Jerry, welcome to the show. Christy, it, it is such an honor to be here. And you know what? You, you're absolutely right in what you said. Every single time you and I get together to talk, to share, to do what we were gifted to do, which is impact people's lives, something always happens to try and stop that from occurring. And the fact that that happens always reminds me something big and powerful is about to happen. So I can't wait to see what this turns out to be like. <laughs> I was going to say drop the mic on that one, but I don't think our producer would be really happy with me yeah. dropping the mic. Uh, so we won't drop the mic there. But but Jerry, what an honor and a gift to be here with you today, because so many of our listeners come to this show because they really resonate and they really connect with, with the, the leaders and the transformers that we have. Have on the show, uh, simply because when I choose influencers and leaders of our world, I'm choosing someone that leads from the heart and someone who's, you know, really overcome a great deal to come to the space in their life to where they can turn their tragedy into a triumph. And uh, you're very familiar with a lot of my, my dark nights of the souls or the Christie crashes as we've shared many times over the years. And, and you know, what, one thing that I really remember about our friendship together during those hard times was that you never sat in judgment 
And you really were such a phenomenal listener. And that is such a great attribute and characteristic of such an incredible leader that leads from the front. But you don't just lead from the front, you also lead from behind where you help rise and push people up into their potential. And so I know it wasn't always like that. I know you've had times that were equally as dark. And I think that because of that, it's created a level of empathy with inside of yourself that allows you to really connect to people suffering and their hurting. So um, most people don't know your story. So I would love it if you could share with them a little bit of maybe that dark night of your soul that brought you to this point of leading thousands around the globe. Oh, Christy, I would love to. And I just want to tell you, I just love and appreciate our friendship so much. And I'm just so grateful that we can do this together and hopefully have a positive influence on people's lives. But yeah, well, you know, I know your story, you know, mine, uh, many of your listeners don't, but you know, it's funny when you see people that are walking in their gifting today, you don't see all the challenges they had to overcome in the, in the past to get there. And, you know, my story is no different and I'll, I'll shrink this down, but, you know, long story short, I uh, joined a network marketing business back in 1993. I went to a, a meeting. I saw all these excited people. I was miserable, frustrated, depressed, discouraged, angry, bitter, resentful, every adjective you can think of. And I just wanted to be around these positive people. And so I got involved in a network marketing business and I, you know, started to build it from scratch. I had no business experience, no training. I just was ignorance on fire. I just figured, I just, I'm going to figure this thing out. And it was a tough battle. It was a long battle. It was a challenging battle. It was a battle of my mindset. It was a battle of dealing with the doubts and the fears and the insecurities and all the things that stop people. Those are the things that I had to work through and push through. And so I went out and built a huge business out here in the desert. I live out in the Palm Springs area. Uh, I became the first regional vice president um, in, with my company at that time to open an office in the desert, uh, won all sorts of accolades, company trips, the whole nine yards. I met my son's mom in the business. We got married and we spent 10 years building that business together. And uh, But in, in 2003, uh, the greatest joy of my life happened when uh, my son was born and uh, changed my whole life forever. But we started, his mom and I started going through some difficult and challenging times. And for the next three years, we found ourselves in and out of couples counseling and individual counseling and trying to work on things. And June 2006 came around and things were just not getting better. My son was now three. He kind of could process things differently when, than when he was little. And so we just amicably decided, why don't we just separate for 90 days? Let's see if that works. Let, let's use it as our last ditch effort. And in those 90 days, things happened I never expected to. First of all, I ended up going from having my son seven days a week to having my son two days a week because um, I was working during the week. So his mom had him, I only had him on the weekends. And uh, I started to slowly sink into this state of depression. Uh, I would come home to my apartment, open up the door, stand there waiting for this little tiny human to run to me saying, dad, dad, and, and, and that never happened. I, I would go into my son's bedroom at night to put him to sleep and, and he wasn't there. And I would sometimes curl up with his stuffed animals in his bed and just cry myself to sleep. And the depression became intense and it became very, very difficult. And I always say that depression is like a riptide. It'll grab hold of you and it just doesn't want to let go. 
And so in September of that year, his mom and I, after all this work, decided to just amicably divorce. And so I went to my office and I pulled out about eight of my top leaders, people that have been with me for years. And I explained what was going on. And we cried together because we were all kind of a big family. And I just said, look, I need some just 30 days to to be able to find a place for Josh and I and get our, our feet on the ground. Can you guys take over things? Can you run the meetings? Can you do the calls? Can you do the trainings? And they said, Jerry, absolutely. You better believe it. You can count on us. You go take care of Josh. And I said, okay, thanks. And so for the next 30 days, that's what I did. Got my son and I situated in our own place. And 30 days later, I came back ready to go, only to find out that these eight people that I had poured my heart and soul into, they all left. Some of them joined other companies. Others of them just quit. And the business that I had poured my heart and soul and passion into for 13 years at that up to that point completely imploded. I lost my business. I lost my income. I lost my hopes, my dreams, my passion. I lost myself. And November 22nd of 2006, I found myself on the floor getting ready to commit suicide actually writing a letter to my son, who was three and a half at the time, trying to explain to him when he got older why his dad took his own life. And it was very difficult, Christy, for me, the positive person, the encourager, the motivator. How in the world does someone like me end up in some place like that, where I just thought there was no hope, there was nothing left? And, you know, and I'm a man of faith and, and I'm not here to offend anyone or, or preach to anyone, but I am a man of faith. And I just know in that moment that God knew there was something bigger and better for me than what I actually saw for myself. And I know in that moment that he saved my life. He spared me of what I was going to do because there was something greater on the other side of that. And when I got up off that floor I thought to myself, well, hey, you know what? Now life's going to change. And I went and, you know, the next morning I opened up the door expecting thousands of blessings to just fall upon me like Christmas morning. And there were no blessings. There was nothing there. And what I didn't realize is that God may have saved my life, but he wasn't done refining me and preparing me for what was next. So I went on a five-year journey from that point self-discovery, refining, getting rid of all of the negative stuff that had helped me get to that place. And that's when I started to learn about mindset. That's when I realized that my mindset is what got me to that place. My mindset is also what lifted me to success. And so that's when I made the correlation that success in life and business is won or lost in your mind. And I made a decision in that valley that I was in that if I could get out of this place, I was gonna spend the rest of my life teaching people the tools and strategies that I learned that saved me on how to work and master their mindset so that their mindset doesn't master them. And that's what I've been privileged to be able to do now for almost the last decade. Wow, Jer, I get emotional thinking about it because I go, I go back to that place, like I'm such a visual. So in my mind, I'm seeing, you know, I see things as, as a movie. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that in my mind's eye and I'm playing out what that felt like because, you know, I, I believe everyone that hears your story can relate to being in that complete surrender moment. 
And I really do, as I've learned, it's surrendering our attachments to what we think we are and who we think we are. And it's like that, that tower begins to crumble because it was built on sand and it can't last. And, you know, we do, and, you know, it, when we choose to have such a growth mindset, we ask unconsciously for these lessons, I believe, because this is where the growth takes place and it's uncomfortable. And I always think to myself when I'm going through it, like, oh no, oh no, here it is again. It's time to grow. And then I have to, in a, in a blink of a second, I'm like, oh yes, it's time to grow. That means something really beautiful is on the other side of this. But I love that you said it took you five years to get, you know, to work out all the fear, all the junk, all the things you thought that you were all, you know, all the pain body of our adolescence and our childhood and the attachments there. So what did that journey look like for you? I I feel like a lot of men, number one, aren't really vulnerable. And I really want to applaud your vulnerability. So if you're a man listening to this show right now, the divine masculine knows that there's a place for authentic vulnerability and that's super attractive also to the divine feminine and so i really want to honor you as a masculine man to really tap into that divine masculinity and to be vulnerable with yourself and to others and to share that aspect of your life um what did it take for you to get there were you always that vulnerable were you always someone that could just speak the truth so openly or did that take you some time yeah, that that took me some time, Christy. You know, I, I I really believe that it's in our vulnerability that we develop our authenticity. And your authenticity is your authentic self of who God made you to be. And one of the things that I learned in that five-year valley was how much I put my identity in the wrong things. I put my identity, who I was, was based on my title was based on the level of success I had, how many degrees I had, how big my business was, how big my paychecks were. My identity was wrapped up in all of the things that in a snap of a finger could be taken away, which is exactly what happened. And it was in that moment that I realized how many people today, how many people that I personally work with and coach put their identity in those kinds of things. And that's not what matters. Your identity is in who you are inside. It's your values. It's your beliefs. It's what you see about yourself, feel about yourself. Those things can never be taken away. You can lose titles. You can lose promotions. You can lose businesses, but you will never lose who you really are inside. And what I had to learn to do to be my authentic, true self is to realize I could no longer put my identity in things. I could no longer wrap my identity around production or promotions or anything like that. That's going to come and go. My identity had to be based on who God made me to be, who he created me to be, and to work every single day at being the best version of that that I can possibly be. Not the best version of so, someone else, the best version of me. 
And one of the challenges, Christy, that I see people do all the time is they're comparing themselves to everybody else. I had somebody say to me the other day, boy, I really wish I could be like you. And I said, no, you don't, because you wouldn't be willing to do what I had to do to be like me. So instead of trying to be like me, just be the best version of you that the world needs. And that is where your real and true identity comes from. And that was a big part of what helped me become vulnerable and authentic because when you have a story, you're not meant to keep it. Your story is meant to be shared, to impact people, to give them hope, to help them believe in what's possible. And so in that moment, I realized that although this was not what I wanted to do and how I wanted it to be, I would not be who I am. I would not be where I am if I didn't have that story to tell. And that's how it all just panned out over those five years as I worked on myself. It's so beautiful, Jer, because I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting back on my personal journey as well. You know, we each have a different reason why we go down the path that we go down. But I've also learned to really accept and honor the woman I was and the path I took in my chase for um, extrinsic love and connection, which is really truly what it was. I now realize that what drove my success in my career was my chase, my, my chase for wanting to feel love. And wanting to feel worthy enough to be seen, all obviously related to the pain body of my childhood and having the masculine in and out of my life, all my life. And when they were in it, they were hurting my mother or hurting myself and my sisters. And so I felt in order to be safe and secure that I would become so successful that many would say, wow, you're so great. Look at you. Look at what you've overcome. Look at, you know, I love you. I want to be like you. And it was filling up a tank. It was like, it was almost like the water was coming in and it was exiting, right? There was the container had holes, but I'm, I'm grateful for that experience that led me to, through all those experiences, because the personal growth happened, I learned a lot of lessons. So I would never take any of it back ever. But what's so interesting is the awareness of that needed to be our path in order to have the awareness, the loving awareness that we have right now for understanding that we have a soul and we have a personality, right? And that personality is based off of the personal reality that we decide to step into every day, which is the people we subject ourselves, the information we subject ourselves, the environments, the ideas, the beliefs. The, the systems that have been put in place for us or what we've put in place for us. And, and our personality is molded by our environments. And so it's like literally stepping aside from the personality, like you said, and being in the soul, pulling back all of our power from all the things that we think we are to being loving awareness and asking ourselves, you know, last night, my partner and I were watching Conversations with God. I've seen that many times. I've loved, I love that book. Um, and I believe whatever channel uh, we plug in and tune into God is our channel. It's the channel that we're supposed to. 
and uh, we all get information, a lot of times we have to be broken down because we're not answering the knock before we get the door broken down, right? So I, I'm, I, I love the vulnerability that you share that it's okay to go to those places. It's almost necessary if you want to grow in this life. You're not going to go to, if you go to, go to the gym and you just stare at the equipment, your muscles aren't going to grow. Right. It's like the spiritual muscle, right? The person, this is the soul muscles that we are developing in, in our existence. So, so Jerry, you know, you've done a lot of work, but the work's never done. And are there times now, you know, because you went through that five-year period where you're doing the personal development, you're doing the personal growth, you're leading thousands of people around the world. I mean, I've watched you in all your conferences. I've heard you on coaching calls with hundreds of thousands of people. People love following you. They love your, your, your teachings. But do you still have challenges that you face today that you have to walk into the fire um, without letting the house set on fire, right? Do you do you still have challenges today or do you feel like it's getting a little bit better for you, like easier to walk through the fire when the fire presents itself? <laughs> no, I have no challenges at all. <laughs> no, I. you know what I always tell people, Christy, I always say, um, uh, you know, you're going to spend most of your life going into or coming out of challenges. That's just life. As long as we're living here on earth, that's just the way that it is. You can't get rid of the challenges but you can change how you handle the challenges. And I think the change that has happened for me is yes, I go through challenges all the time. Some are big, some are small. Some seem overwhelming and some seem like I can just get done and get over with and it's finished. Just like I'm sure you do as well. We still go through challenges. The difference is, is that we can't always you know, we can't always choose the challenges that come against us or what we're going to go through, but we have total control over the way we choose to handle those challenges. See, people always say to me, well, you know, I, I'm just I'm just depressed. No, you choose to be depressed because if you don't like being depressed and let's work on figuring out how to get how to get out of it, how to change it. I was depressed. I'm not depressed anymore. So when somebody tells me that that doesn't fly with me. Because I know when you're on the floor of your apartment, getting ready to end your life, there's no further depression you can get into than that. So I understand that. But I turned my life around and said, well, this is not going to define who I am. I can't, I can't change the fact that it happened, but I can change what I'm going to learn from this and how I'm going to get better because of it and how I'm going to grow through it. That's the choice that we have. So yes, when I work with people in coaching, what I'm really working on is the thing that gets us stuck in the challenges, our mindset, the way we perceive things, the way we look at things, the perspective we have of those things, all of the doubts and the fears and the negative self-talk and all of that stuff. See, all of that experience that I had prepared me for being able to do what I'm doing now. And just like you, Christy, as much as it was a dark, dark time of my life, something I would never wish on anyone or wanna go back and live again, I'm so grateful I lived through it. Because once I got through it, I was able to take what I learned and turn it into my message to help other people 
get through those periods of time mm -hmm. faster than they ever thought they could. And I think that's important for us to remember. Challenges happen, never will stop. Your ability to choose how you respond is completely on us. Yeah, I love that. And I, I also am finding how important it is to uh, really also see who, who that support system is, right? That you have right. around you. You know, and it's usually just a couple souls, right? That you know, yeah. no matter what, they're going to be there for you by your side. Most of the time, you know, I know for myself as a coach and a leader and a lover of, of, of humans, I spend my days asking myself, how can I give back today? How can I contribute? You know, I, we've gone to the other side of not what, you know, I don't think I ever, I mean, in a long time, in a long time, I would say I have in the past, it used to be about, oh, well, I gave love here. They should give love back. Right. Or I remember I would give something and if I didn't get a thank you or if I didn't get, you know, um, recognition for me giving something, my time, energy, my love to someone, then I, my feelings would get hurt because that was conditional love. So moving into the unconditional spectrum of where, when, you know, the goal I know for myself was to get to a space where I was showing up and others were showing up for me unconditionally, no matter what it was that I was going through, you know, I'm list, I'm speaking to all the, the listeners right now. Don't close yourself off to people who want to be present for you who really want to stand in the fire for you, because I know it's been challenging times for us all. Who is that person for you or those people for you, Jerry, that really didn't judge you during your dark night? They, they were really there for you and created a safe environment for you to do your healing work. Did you have those people? Yeah, I did. And you know, Christy, it, it's so funny that you you mentioned that because one of the great lessons that my wonderful dad used to teach me is he said, you know, Jerry, when you're doing well, when you're successful, when you're making money, man, it's easy to find friends and people to be there for you. He said, but flip your life upside down and then you will really figure out who your friends are. And it's so true because when life is great, everyone's there. But when you're going through the fire, it's amazing how everyone just skirts out and there's only a couple of those souls left. And for me, when I was going through those difficult, challenging times, I had um, two buddies of mine that I went to church with that became my 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 right arms. They were just the people that I trusted. I respected. Uh, I opened up to them. And, I, and I'll tell you, and, and to speak to just all the men listening as well, I understand as men, we're not designed to share our feelings. You know, we're not designed to do that. That's not, that's not how we feel. We're, we feel sometimes that as a man, if we show our feelings, well, that makes us weak. I'm here to tell you, the more you show your feelings, the stronger a man you are. Mm -hmm. That's what I've learned through my own experience is that I don't want to be bound by my emotions, bottled up inside of me, eating away at me all the time. I want to just be able to be free to be me. And so I had those two buddies of mine that were there for me that and I mean, when we're talking about those friends, you know, you say, well, I have those friends. Well, those friends, I'm talking about the people that if you were stranded on the freeway at three o'clock in the morning and you called and woke them up and said, hey, I'm stranded on the freeway. Would they say, oh, 
dude, can, can you just call AAA? Mm-hmm. Or would they say, hey, no problem, buddy. Let me throw on some clothes. I'll be over there to get you. That's when you know who those real people are because they'll stick with you through the fire. They'll stick with you through the victories, through the challenges, through the obstacles. And just like you said, Christy, and my dad told me this, if you can count all of your your great close friends on one hand, you are already wealthy. And I have never forgot that. Wealth is not just about making money. Wealth is about the people in your life that you can depend on, the love that you share for one another, the respect you have for people. Christy and I, believe it or not, this today is the first time that her and I have connected in probably well over a year because she's doing things, I'm doing things, but yet she knows if she needs something, she needs to talk, to pray, she just needs to call, I'm there. I know the same thing of her. And we come together a year later and it's like, no time has passed. You pick up where you left off. That's the kind of real relationships and friendships that we all want in our life. And you don't need 90 people, two or three people in your life, in your circle that you can trust, that you can open up to. And man, those people will change your life. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I feel like there's probably the more people now that are lonely than ever before. Yeah. Emotional loneliness, spiritual loneliness. I, you know, I, I'm not one to ever get political, so I'm not going to, but to see the 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 lines that have been drawn between families and friends who have been hurt because their ideas or perceptions or beliefs are different than the others people being outcasted in families, shamed for different viewpoints. Literally, um, it breaks my heart. And I'm not going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to squeeze my butt cheeks like Rita Davenport always says. But, you know, it's there. I see so much division, but I'm also an, opti- an optimist, a helpless optimist, where I see that this, even though it's hard right now and all these lines and divisions and I'm right, you're wrong are, are coming to the head. I believe that it's almost the spiritual consciousness, the, the nativity, the immaturity, the ego that is coming up to the surface, presenting what it's what it is and it's releasing. And some people want to run and callous their heart. I was one of those people for a long time where I was afraid to let someone in. Because every time I let people in, I had these expectations that their hearts would be as pure and that they would do the right thing. I just had these, they're gonna do the right thing, that's the right thing. Because we're human and we fall and we fail, people mess up and I mess up, we all mess up. And then our expectations get let down and we get hurt. For example, if someone has a family member who's shunned them for not believing the same way that they believed, And now you feel sad and afraid and lonely. And you never thought that that person who was your family member or your friend would ever judge you like that. And then you start to callous your heart and you close it and you don't want to let anybody in because now you can't trust anybody. Trust, that's been my earth school lesson for a long time is learning to trust. And so Jared, let's talk to those souls out right there right now. Maybe a listener is judging someone for a belief that isn't in alignment with theirs or maybe they're the ones being judged. Maybe we can offer some support, love and advice right now for the, the people that are out there 
in regards yeah. to this? And I'm like, I'm like you, Christy, I don't, you know, get into all the political talk and all that stuff, but my heart is grieved when I see a world of uh, division. And I just feel that my role is to try and do what I can to unite as many people as I can, just in my own world. You know, I can't necessarily do it all over the world. Maybe I can, but I just, it grieves me. And I, I think to myself, where, 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 why have we gotten to a time in this country where you can disagree or you can have different values than, than other people? You don't agree with what they believe in or what they what they want to do. And yet the answer to that is to tear people down, to rip them to pieces, to make them feel like they're less than. Where have we gone to where we can't just agree to disagree and just live on and live with each other in a united world. Now, maybe I'm just a, you know, I'm just one of those people that just have high hopes, but it saddens me to see what's happening. I mean, you know, I've been married for, for four years and, 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 you know, marriage isn't easy, but my goodness gracious, if, if my thought process was divorce every single time, I didn't see things the way my wife saw them, believe things that she believed or vice versa. We would have divor been divorced three days after we got married. But what do you do when you're married? You find a way to agree to disagree and still love and respect each other. That's what this world needs to get back to right now is to remind ourselves of that. And yes, there are so many people that are lonely, hurt, beat down, broken, frustrated, uncertain, scared, fearful. I know the first thing I can tell you, the only political thing I'm going to say, turn off the news. Just turn the thing off. Because when you watch it, you are convinced the zombie apocalypse is happening and we're going to be gone in 10 days. I don't watch that stuff. You know why? Because I have to protect what goes in to my mind. That does not mean I'm not aware of what's going on. That doesn't mean I don't have my own beliefs of what's going on, but I've got to protect what goes on in here. And the first way to do is just turn off the news and just start reminding, you know, in one of my favorite books I love to read, it says this. Now, these three things remain, faith, hope, love, but the greatest of these is love. Mm -hmm. Greater than faith, greater than hope, it's love. We need to get back to learning how to love one another again, despite the differences, despite the challenges. In fact, Christy, you know, it, October is going to be two years since my dad passed away. And when my dad passed away in 2019, before all of this stuff happened, I had to find a way to feel connected to him. And the only way I could do that was through music. And so I put together a playlist of songs that I remember listening to with my dad when, we, when I was a little kid. And they were all 70 songs, right? All the good old 70 songs. But one of the songs I listened to the other day, and I listened to the lyrics to the song, and this song was written almost over 50 years ago. 
And I'm listening to the words and I said, were they prophetic? How in the world did they know that? You know, this back then. And it was a song by Dionne Warwick. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. What the world needs now is love, sweet love, right? That's what the world needs is love. And we need to learn to be there for one another, to lift each other, to encourage each other, to remind each other of our greatness, because we are living in a world of fear right now, but I just choose not to participate in it. I choose not to live in fear. I choose not to live worried because guess what? Everything I've always worried about in my life never happened. So if I'm going to invest my energy in worrying or having faith, I'm going to invest my energy in having faith, in believing that, you know what, somehow, some way, it's all going to work out. Somehow, some way, we'll get beyond this. We've got beyond everything this country and this world has ever gone through in the last hundred plus years. We've always got through it. It hasn't been easy, but we've always got through it. So my belief is that this will be no different. And I choose, I choose what I'm going to focus on. I choose how I want to feel. I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm going to live in faith. I'm not going to worry about what could happen. I'm going to believe what can happen. I make that choice. Well, you know, Jerry, that, that's not easy to do. Of course, it's not easy to do. you got to work at it. But I'll tell you one thing. Life is a lot better when you work at living like that than living the way the world wants you to live, which is in fear, in doubt, in uncertainty, in all of this stuff. And listen, I know that there's people going through a whole lot of difficult things, and I am in no way downplaying anything any of you are going through because I know how real it is. All I'm saying is, in the midst of it all, we can ch still choose to find something we're thankful for, something we're grateful for, because every day I wake up, Christy, I always find 10 things I'm grateful for. And you know, when you look at those things on paper and then you look at other people's lives, you realize that despite what you're dealing with, man, we are still blessed. And we have to just work on that mindset every single day. You said it earlier, Christy, you don't go to the gym, look at the equipment, and now you're on the cover of Mr. or Mrs. Universe. No, you go to the gym and every time you work out your muscle, you get just a little bit better, just a little bit stronger. Your mind is a muscle. What do you expect it to do if you're not working it out correctly? That's what I teach people to do, how to work out their mind correctly, feed it the things it needs to become stronger, not all the junk that is being fed to keep people stuck. And that's the difference. That's beautiful, Jerry. You know, as you were talking, uh, it reminded me of uh, the movie uh, A Long Walk to Freedom with Nelson Mandela. And I watched that a few weeks ago. For those of you that have never seen it or read the book, imagine, and I actually got to visit uh, Nelson Mandela's prison cell in South Africa. And it was a pretty profound experience. Um, it was very movie-like when we came in on the boat, you saw like thousands of black crows and it was dark and, you know, it was, it was just crazy. And the feeling going into his cell, I just started crying. I actually had to leave. 
and regardless of what I was feeling energetically there, you know, he was sent to a, a prison that was really for some of the worst criminals, right? And he, all he did was speak his voice and his truth. And so imagine getting thrown into prison for 26 years, all right, for speaking your voice. But he didn't create resentment. Maybe there were times, I'm sure there were times. It's not about some of the moments of resentment and anger and hurt and frustration and fear, but he chose to overcome the, the ego and the personality that wanted him to hate, to hate the, 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 the enemies that were attacking his people, himself, his family, his friends, and killing. He stood in his bravery and became the friends of the security guards. He got to know the security guards, asked them about their family, asked them how their children were. They fell in love with Nelson because he radiated love. And when Nelson was released, his ex-wife or his wife at the time, she was angry, she was bitter, and she was creating riots on the street to fight and to kill those that had killed their, their people. And when Nelson came out, he didn't agree with it. And that's where he created this boundary, you know, with his love. And she went to the other side. She went out to the other side of darkness, revenge, hate, fear, and he was going to love. And he stood in his power and said, I choose peace. We must choose peace. So um, Jer, always showing up with you and talking about love is one of my favorite things to do. And I think it's one of my favorite things to do because it's also one of my most challenging things. Whatever, I really do believe that whatever we struggle with, sometimes it's a call. It's a calling to learn to overcome it so that you can be a teacher of it. So true. Right, right. And so the mind work that you help people with, you know, it's because your biggest challenge, one of them has been your mind. And so you've been called to find the path out of the fear and the illusions that the mind creates. And so I think just the honesty of that helps us because we really do shame ourselves quite a bit when we look at our insecurities and we think to ourselves, oh, I should have figured this one out. Why am I not figured this one out? Why does it keep showing up in a different form in a different way by a different human? You think you overcame it. You thought you climbed the mountain and then all of a sudden there's a bigger mountain to climb. Right. Right. That's how life works. You know, it's it's and sometimes what happens, Christy, and you know this, you climb the mountain, you're doing great. And then something in life knocks you all the way back down to the bottom. And too many times that's when people quit. But the winners in life are the ones who pick themselves up, dust themselves off and say, you know what? I made it that far once, let's go do it again. And you just keep on climbing and keep on climbing as many times as it takes for you to get to the top of that mountain. You and I would not be here together right now in this moment, at this time, sharing this message, trying to help and impact people's lives if we stopped climbing when we got knocked off the mountain. We got up. And we kept doing it until we made it. And that's the message I want to tell everybody, no matter where you are, no matter how knocked down you might be or knocked out you might feel, you can always find the strength to get yourself up, 
dust yourself off and try again and try again and try again until you get it done because that is how you win in life. So beautiful. So beautiful. You know, I, 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 I used to never cry much. My kids, when they were little and there'd be something emotional on the TV, they'd automatically look at me and they'd see if I was going to cry. Cause the only time I really would cry was if I saw something sentimental or touching. But over the last couple of years, I went from the, a good friend of mine said, you know, it's easy, you know, getting to the penthouse or the, you know, it is, is, it's great. Be careful. Cause the drop from the penthouse to the outhouse is a quick one. That's good. And I've had many penthouse to outhouse drops in terms of whether it be my spiritual walk, my emotional walk, my, my, my business walk, whatever my career, my life path, whatever it might be only to, you know, over the last couple of years to be climbing up that mountain again, over the last couple of years, I, I, I've, I've, I've allowed myself to release the, the emotions and the pain and the tears. And uh, we were having a yogi session the other day with uh, my dear friend who's a shaman. And the whole time I was crying through the whole one hour yoga experience and I had snot rags everywhere. And, <laughs> <laughs> and my partner's next to me and our friends over there. And, you know, they're, they're just letting me do my thing. And at the end, I sit up and I'm just a mess. And I look at my shaman friend, Wolf, and he, I said, I'm so sorry for crying. And he looks at me so sincerely in the eyes and says, Christy, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for releasing, finally. So as we close here, it's okay to go from the top of the mountain down. It's okay to allow those emotions and the fears and the pain and the trauma to be healed. It's okay. You're okay. You are loved. We love you. And I'm so grateful that Jerry and I shared this space with all of you here today. Jerry, how can our listeners find you? What's the best way to contact you, reach you, learn more about your, your coaching programs or your, I know you're going to be releasing your own, uh, you know, different training materials soon and, you know, new, whatever. I know you've got so much going on. You're tra- you were traveling the world and then COVID happened, but tell right. us how they can reach you. Well, they can, uh, they can go directly to my website, which is championmentorship.com. And um, they'll find, you know, all sorts of stuff on what we're doing and how we're doing it. And there's also a contact form there. So if they want to get in contact with me, they can go ahead and fill out the form. It'll send an email to me and I'll get back in contact with them if they're interested in any of the work we're doing or the the John Maxwell trainings we're doing. Um, You know, so that's the easiest way to get in touch with me is through our website. And um, I just want to say, Christy, how honored and privileged I am not only to have been here with you today. But to be able to call you um, just one of one of my closest, dearest friends, you know, you your light shines so brightly that it's what the world needs, because the world sometimes has a lot of darkness and it needs the light of people like you and, and myself. I try my best to be that light so that we can light the way for people to show them that, hey, you know what, it's all going to be OK. And yes, we're all going to go through challenges. And I always tell people this when people tell me, you know, I'm going through things. I always say, congratulations. Mm. And they'll look at me and they'll say, how could you be congratulating when I'm going through this? And I said, because you just said you're going through, which means you're getting out. Mm. And if I can just leave my, the listeners with one thing, I always teach 
everyone, including my own son, who is 18 and doesn't really listen, but I still try anyway. And that is this, when you're in your valleys, don't camp out in them. Mm. That is not the time to take out your lawn chair, your umbrella, your cooler, and sit there with your sunscreen and your iced tea and have a great time. When you're in your valleys, pack that stuff up and keep walking because mm -hmm. the goal is to get through the valley, not camp out in it. And that is a wonderful life lesson I learned in the five-year valley experience. I never camped out. I just kept moving through it. And wow. And there it is. And there it is. <laughs> and there and there it is. And and it is it is 111, my favorite time as we're closing this interview out. Jerry, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for for showing up today. Thank you for not camping out in your valley. Uh, thank you for being such a light for all of us. You are a lighthouse. You are a true leader of the light. And um, I'm excited to be with you on this journey and can, can't wait to see how many more millions of lives you will continue to touch on this, uh, this path that we're all on. Thank you for your time, energy, love, support, and grace. And to all of the listeners out there, we love you. And just remember that you're not alone, as Jerry said. Uh, we can make it through anything. Uh, we just need to show up a little bit more in grace for ourselves, grace for others, grace for our planet, and just grace for life in general. It's this life that we get to lead, that we get to love, that we get to experience the component of being human. And we are not here to be human beings. We are human becomings. We are becoming. We love you. Until we see you again, have the most beautiful, blessed week and know that you are loved.